Hey, Steady On community, and welcome into this bonus episode. We're going to do a little Bible talk, and I have invited my friend Haley Hausman to join me for a little bit of Bible talk. Haley, welcome to the Steady On community. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Angie. I invited Haley because this little Bible talk goes along with the episode from uh, with Lindsay Krinks, who talked to us about her book, Praying With Our Feet. She is a street chaplain in Nashville, Tennessee, and my friend Haley, who is an ordained elder in the United Methodist Church, and we've served together off and on for years doing different things, but she actually was, correct me if I'm wrong, in seminary at the same time as Lindsay, is that right? We are pretty close. We overlapped. She graduated about a year before I started going to school at Vanderbilt, Um, but Lots yes. of same circles of friends. And gotcha. Friends. Okay. All right. Yeah. So connected with Lindsay personally, and then also has spent some time working at Open Table Nashville, which is the organization that Lindsay co-founded. And so I thought it would just be fun to hear about Lindsay's work from a different perspective. And then we're going to talk about this Bible verse that Lindsay brought up in the episode. So Haley, talk to us just a little bit about like you're knowing Lindsay and Lindsay's work, like what is open table Nashville? what do you do there? What, what, what kinds of things do they do? She talked, uh, you know, generally about some of the concepts of homelessness in Nashville and some of the things, but not very much about kind of like the initiatives or the work specifically of open table. Would you just talk to us a little bit about that? Yeah. So Lindsay is an incredible human being um, who is doing great ministry chaplaincy on the street for folks who are homeless. Um, At Open Table Nashville, they refer to people on the street as friends. And so she does a lot of work with the friends on the street. Uh, She started Open Table along with Ingrid McIntyre after the 2010 flood that happened in Nashville. um, Yeah. There were a lot of folks who were displaced in Nashville. There was like a tent city where people were living that got flooded. And so that's how it kind of got started. And where things have launched from there, but she's continuing to keep keep on keeping on doing the justice work of helping people in Nashville find affordable housing. It's a, a huge problem right now um, with lots of investors and things taking over places and housing is no longer affordable for people, especially for people on the streets. Um, you don't have income coming in for sure. Yeah, it, it feels hopeless, I'm sure, where you're just you're so far separated from what you would need to have in order to obtain housing and obtain and keep housing. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, So what kind of things did you do there when you were working there? What kind of things did you see? um, For me, uh, when I got connected with Open Table Nashville was through our field education um, that we do at Vanderbilt as students at Vanderbilt going into ministry. going to see like different places that they have in Nashville where they do ministry. Um, they often do like a foot clinic uh, once a week or twice a week. I forgot now how often, but where they'll go to the park downtown and just do, do foot clinics for people, wash their feet, groom their nails, cut their hair, different things like that. Um, yeah. And the work that Lindsay does and others at open table is a lot of outreach where they'll go out to where people live and see what they need in the wintertime, they do a lot of canvassing for people who are out in the cold and need somewhere to go. Are people generally trusting when somebody offers some help? Or do you find that it takes open table and those who work there some time? I'm, I'm thinking it takes some time to build relationships. Yeah, definitely. I would say that it takes some time. I think the people, people trust Lindsay 
healthy because of the work that she's put in and continues to put in. So yeah, it takes some relationship building for people to trust, to trust each other. Yeah. Because of Lindsay's reputation, probably Mm -hmm. they trust her reputation. And then now the open table Nashville has Lindsay talked about Matthew 25, 40, which in the NIV reads like this. It says the King will reply, truly, I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. And I centered in on this word least Haley. I don't know about you, but just right off the bat, this verse kind of makes me uncomfortable. Like there's this tension in the verse, right. That it's a little bit uncomfortable. And I think a lot of us are uncomfortable with it. Um, I'm going to read some other, other ways that Bibles translate this word least. So it also it's trans, in the amplified least in the estimation of men it's like in brackets like in the, and i thought oh that's curious right like <laughs> yes. who decides that's yeah. the question like who decides who is least um one bible said least important one said unimportant one said the humblest of the message said someone overlooked or ignored and one bible said the smallest so you plug that stuff in whatever you did for the humblest of whatever you did for someone overlooked or ignored whatever you did for the least in the estimation of men. And so it kind of, I don't know, right off the bat, when you examine it a little bit more for me, it's like, oh, it's not the least as in factual. This is not a statistical analysis, right? This is like uh, a prideful judgment of least. I don't know. What do you think about that? Yeah, I think so. I think it's the least in terms of like human beings, what we as human beings value the the least. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think, you know, the reason this verse came to mind for Lindsay is part of what we do with people who are homeless friends who are on the street. I think that the radio station I listen to calls them friends without an address. I think that's the way that they, uh, categorize that. Um, but I think we, we look down our nose sometimes, do we not? Uh, if we're not careful, we can decide that that's their doing. And, um, we're smarter or something because that's not our story. Yeah, for sure. I think sometimes we get, um, blind to people, to seeing people for as people. Yeah. Seeing people as people and knowing that they all, everyone has a story, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and there are some people who are homeless who have made bad choices yeah. and there are some people who live in houses who have made bad choices. Right. But somehow we like, we think that the homelessness is a result of the bad choice, but the fact that we're not homeless doesn't have any relationship with the bad choice or something. Isn't that like, that's the, that's that pride, right. Where we kind of, we, we stack people up in terms of, we decide how valuable they are Mm -hmm. as a culture, as a society. Yeah, sure. So this word for least the Greek word is, um, Elahistos, elahistos, and it means smallest in size or in amount or in dignity. Ouch. Um, in the estimation of men, again, like people in the estimation of men. And so smallest in dignity. It's kind of interesting because one of the things Lindsay and I talked about is just how like unseen these people mm-hmm. often mm-hmm. feel. Um, they just yeah. don't we 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 send the message as a culture that your life really doesn't matter. Cause I would think, you know, people on the street in the winter, this is a matter of life and death. Mm-hmm. For sure. Have you, uh, have you s- preached on this 
passage very many times, or is it something that you struggle with? What do you find in it when you look in there? Yeah, I've preached on it. It's been a little while, as well. um, but I typically go to like above this where it talks about um, feeding those who are hungry and giving them a drink and how a lot of the practical things that we do are ways that we show God's love to other people and be God's hands and feet. Um, and everyone, everyone is loved by God and we are called to love everyone too. Yes. I, I'm one of the things that I asked Lindsay would just, what's some practical things? Because I think a lot of times we feel sort of paralyzed and well, I can't, I can't solve the housing pro- problem, right? Like we can't, we, I don't have the, the smarts or the resources, the skills, the connections to solve the housing problem. And yet I think one of the things that I really felt when, in my conversation with Lindsay was to neither can Lindsay, like, you know, um, neither can open table Nashville, but they can make a difference for the friends that they make who are in this situation in the community where they are, you know, and I think it takes a sense of courage. Maybe it takes being brave to say, I actually will involve myself in this instead of just looking away. Mm -hmm. Sure. Yeah. It requires courage to go and do it, especially when society, we don't want to see people that way. Why do you think that is? I agree with you hundred percent. We don't want to see people that way. Why do you think that is? Sometimes I think it's discomfort. Stepping out of our own comfort zone, not being familiar with people who look different than us or live different places or different ways we do. I think sometimes too, we believe the lie, you know, Lindsay spoke to it so well, where, you know, people, we think, well, they deserve that or they don't deserve my help. They should get a job. Um, you know, I've made better decisions. That's why they're where they are and I'm where I am. Uh, I also think it's a big thing to risk looking foolish for helping someone because we probably all have stories or we've been told, well, you know, (laughs) they sit there with that sign, but then they drive away in their BMW. Haven't we not heard that story before? (laughs) Yes. You know, more than once. Yes. (laughs) Right. And so we have this image in our mind that we're going to be taken or something. Mm -hmm. And I think it's so important to remember that's not on us because yes, I'm sure that that's happened before. Cause I always tell my boys when they're like, do you think I'm like, everything's happened sometime. Like everything's happened. Yes. I'm sure that's happened. That's not what's happening most of the time. Yeah. Like you said, it's not up to us to determine what they do afterward. Just our responsibility to reach out. Yeah. Yeah. In very practical ways. Like you said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, one of the things that I always like to look at is kind of what is the heart of God and how would you describe maybe just the heart or the characteristics of God towards maybe towards both towards the people who are struggling, but also to the people who he's calling to help. What are, what are like some of the characteristics? Like I wrote down that, that he's a guide, you know, for us as we try to make these decisions and discern what he would have us do, um, that he is truth that we don't have to, that we don't have to know those, you know, we don't have to know yeah. the whole backstory to decide if they're deserving. I don't know anything come to mind for you just about God. Yeah, for me, I'd say mercy and compassion. God is merciful to those of us who need to be showing some mercy to others and aren't. And yeah, to the person as well who needs the help. And God is compassionate towards them and us yes. too. Yes, I was just in a verse of scripture this morning. It's 2 Corinthians 1 verses 3 and 4 that says, This is what came to mind when you were saying that blessed be the God and father of our Lord, Jesus Christ, the father of mercies and God of all comfort. So that's talking about who God is. He's the father of mercies, the God of comfort, 
who comforts us in all our affliction so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. Ooh, well, and it's, yeah. And it, to me, you know, it reminds me of how God has comforted me through some really hard things. That's Mm -hmm. not the same hard as this person who doesn't have an address, but it's the same comfort. It can be the same comfort, right? That comes from God to me, to another person, because I know what it's like to sort of metaphorically crawl up in his lap and have him say, this is okay. I can offer that same warmth or that same acceptance. Yeah. He saw me when I hurt and responded. Therefore, oh, this kills me because I know I fail at it, but therefore I can see someone hurting and respond to that as well. Yeah. Yeah. Give back what we've been given. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Any other thoughts on this? Um, What do you think about the sheep and the goats um, for the end of this? Well, we don't really want to be either one, right? But in this illustration, we sure don't want to be the goats, right? 30 verse 31 says uh, 32, all the nations will be gathered before him, Jesus, and he will separate them one from another, right? This is where you're talking about, right? Uh, As the shepherd separates the sheep from the goats and he will put the sheep on the right and the goats on the left. I think for me, the main distinction there and I, and pastor Haley, you, you chime in here too. I think for me, the distinction is not that either animal is all that, like, you know, stellar, <laughs> Right. But the sheep in other places have talked about how they know his voice, right? Yes. My sheep yes. know my voice and they respond to my voice. And so really it's not about what's on the outside of that animal. It's about the inside of a submission, mm-hmm. a, a, a humility, a, a, an understanding that we have been given that compassion. And so then we recognize and respond to his voice when he calls us to offer it. I don't know. That's, that's what I think just without too much, without too much thinking. That's what I think. What about you? Yeah, I agree. Um, sheep know the sound of the shepherd's voice and yeah. Following what God would do being the hands and feet of Jesus being a good sheep following the shepherd. Yeah. 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 It's hard friends. It's hard. You know, you see somebody on the street, sometimes somebody's asking for money and there's this check in our spirit that says, is it my place? Am I causing more harm than good? Is it safe? Are people going to make fun of me because I do this? And ultimately I think, uh, we have to remember that we have been abundantly, uh, we have had an abundance of mercy poured out upon us. And sometimes we handle that well and we, we absorb it and we change and we grow through it. And sometimes we don't. And so, uh, the same will be true in the way that we try to extend mercy. Some people will receive that and be so grateful. Um, maybe every once in a while we'll have an opportunity to see that some kind of action from us was life altering for someone, you know, that's possible. Um, a lot of times we won't even know, we won't even know what happens from our extension, but God knows he absolutely knows. And, um, and he cares about every time we offer, something of ourselves to someone else who our culture has said is a least. Yeah. Haley, thanks so much for doing this with me today. I appreciate you. Thank you. You too. Yeah. It's been good to talk to you today and thanks for listening friends. Peace.